I just want to. I just want to taste it. You know, I know. just want to taste it. I th- I think I've had this before. So there was a um, there was a moment. I don't know, a couple years ago when I think when this thing first came out, um, we we're at a. Uh, I was up at my buddy Lewis's house and he brought <clears throat> he brought out the bottle. And he likes to fuck with people. Okay. <laughs> And so um, I was the last person there, and so he says, uh, he goes, oh, you got to try this. He says, I picked up this amazing scotch. He said, never had anything like it before. And he goes, uh, I want you to just tell me, tell me what you think it costs. And he said, you know, just keep in mind, it's really great scotch. I'm like, okay, great. So I tried it, and I'm like, hmm, you know, it's okay. He's it's not great. I'm like, eh, it's okay, you know. And he kind of just prodded me a little bit. And then I guess like he's leading you though. I know, yeah. He's he's trying to get me to see if he can play mental gymnastics with me to to say something that I don't believe. Right. By pure pressure. And so I think I told him something like maybe fifty bucks or forty bucks. And he's like, Nope. He says $120. I'm like, fuck you is $120. And he's like, No, it's $35. <laughs> yeah, exactly where your yeah. thought was. Still yeah. overpriced. It is it, well, I, I it's been years. Literally, I think it's been like five, six years since I've had it. So, salute. Ching, ching. Ching. We can do this. There we go. There we go. It's not scotchy at all for me. It's not real scotchy. What's the ABV on that? Light, 86. Yeah, that's where you're getting that. It's, um, I don't know if I'm, I'm not sure if I'm a fan of the finish. So, for a non-Scotch guy, not bad. Not at all. In fact, I would almost consider, if I wanted to branch out, at least on these first pours, having a bottle of this. That would be... that would be At the it. price point, because it's not an investment for me. Right. It's and a it's good beginner bottle. Different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super light ABV, and I do not get any, like... I don't get any scotchiness on this. Do you know what I get? On the um, nose, I do. Do you remember um, that stuff you used to get for your mouth? Like if you had a cold sore, you'd spray. It's cl- chloroseptic. Was mm, that what it was? Mm-hmm. The finish for me. Abrevia or something. No, not that. That's a different one. This is like a, it's in a bottle, a squirt bottle, and you sprayed it in your mouth and it would numb your mouth. Okay. But it had this weird flavor to it that came, like, even after your mouth was numb, it had this, it's it's very similar to the finish of the scotch. I don't know what it is. And it's, uh, the chloroseptic-y-ness of it is is a little tough. It's a little medicinal. Yeah, that's what it is. Medicinal. There you go. <coughs> that's the, it's the medicinal aftertaste. Um, the, the front end is nice. It's not bad at all, you know, considering. Um, it's just that back end. So, let's see. Let's tell everybody what we're drinking. Okay. Because we have so many. When I actually swish it around in my mouth, I get a little bit more. Yeah. It's a uh, monkey shoulder, the original blended malt scotch. Gift to the studio. 42%. 43%. 43% ABV. This is batch 27. If I had a better light on me, would you? Oh, hang on. I got a light. You know, I'm telling you, man, I don't know. After talking to Logan tonight, it might be the diabetes that's making it so I can't <laughs> see. Rooted in malt whiskey history and inspired by the single or by the malt men who still turn 
the malted barley by hand. Monkey shoulder is blended in small batches of Speyside's finest single malt whiskeys, then married to achieve a smoother, richer taste. Okay, so Speyside is non-peated. Yep. That's probably why I can handle it. Yep. That's, that certainly helps in this situation for you, for sure. Um, distilled, bottled, distilled, distilled, matured, and bottled in Scotland. Um, William Grant and Sons, Scotland. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's light. Yeah, it's light. It's it's pretty easy to drink. It's just, um, and maybe maybe that uh, medicinalness. I, I hate to put water in a forty three percent ABV whiskey, but yeah. I might try just a little bit more into. Um, I mean, look how clear it is. Yeah, it's pretty I pretty mean, light in the old cup. That's uh that's damn near clear. <laughs> when I first poured it, I w- I really didn't even realize how much I did or didn't have in my glass. So it's um it's a very very light, but you know when you look at it in the bottle, it's got a little bit of an amberness to the bottle. You know, can't tell it's all green around us. This is true, but let's see if I do this. I say this, doing this for. It's got an it's amber. It's really light, though. I mean, look yeah. at these other things right on the table. Like, geez. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just yeah. It's just. But um, again, I I would say this. Not being a Scotch guy. At all, um, it's it's approachable. It's approachable enough where if you wanted a first bottle, it's going to be like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like a, your first bottle of bourbon, what are you going to get? Probably like a buffalo trace, buffalo or trace or maker's right? mark. And at some point, they're probably not that great. Yeah, well, but that, they're they're approachable, right? Just like when you're going to go to a Woodford Double Oak because it's sweet. It has. You don't get much alcohol burn. It's relatively low proof. Like this feels like a beginner scotch. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's. Um, hey Shelley, if you listen to the podcast, don't take so, this personally. This is a beginner scotch for sure. Um, when I when I uh, I was having scotch, um, a couple days ago with Bill when we were watching the Super Bowl or not Super Bowl the NFC Championship game, and comparatively. Yeah, it's just this is it's like it's like a Glen Morangi. It's just a really light, easy to drink. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's not a lot of depth to it, which is probably why Shelly likes it. I'm assuming Shelly, that's why you like it, is because it's easy to drink. You know, you can sip on right. it. It doesn't have a lot of burns, not a overpowering of flavor. But that's the part of the Scotch. If you're a Scotch drinker, which I classify myself as. You want a little bit of that heavy flavor. You want I like a little bit right. of peat. Not like a crazy amount of peat, but just enough to know, you know, that I'm drinking a scotch. So but it's not bad. It's not bad scotch. Maybe that's gonna be your your starter bottle into, into the scotch world. Did you you've had the Glen Morangi though, right? Mm, I think like so. a golden label. Yeah, I think we had yeah. that on Whiskey Night too. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah, we brought that on Whiskey Night too. Some of those photos came Came up the other day for me in my Google photos. Oh, yeah, we don't need to see those. Yeah. I mean, they, they weren't bad. I know they weren't. No, the photos weren't bad. It was just the audio that was bad. <laughs> hey, by the way, audio, welcome to the podcast. Mm. <laughs> 20 minutes in, we'll do an intro. Is it 20? No, it's eight. I was going to say, I was like, that wasn't 20 minutes. 
Hello, everybody. Happiest Hello. days. We released an episode. <laughs> I know we did. You did. You did. You did the, the, the heavy work there. You got it out there at least. Oh, man. My internet sucks so bad, dude. What's the deal with your internet? I know last time we talked, it was it's like. It's just so slow. It took. I should have. I could have just waited to go to work and uploaded it because it literally took, I think, almost an hour and a half. So, so nearly the amount of length of podcast. To upload to fucking the web, yeah. Jesus. And it's just audio. Can you imagine if we actually had video? Oh, you'd be... It'd be done. Yeah, I'd yeah. have to do it. At least the uploading part, like... Yeah, you'd have to do it at work yeah. or, or come here or whatever. There's no... Yeah, it would, it would take you days. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. So I thought maybe you were going to drop an earlier one as opposed to the most recent one. <laughs> would have been fair well, well it, it would make sense because even the one where we talked about the secret bar yeah it would have made sense you know but th- that was just the one you pulled it was the one that was in front of me so w- was that just one podcast on the on the drive on the disc because a disc was full when we finished there was an hour of um impromptu podcast when we when we brought home oh, a couple bottles we yeah. did some tests some drinking. That was the that was the bonus that we had. <laughs> yeah. So we've got that. We should release that. Got that. I've got two episodes, I think, otherwise. Yeah, because we got the secret bar. We got the Christmas episode. Yeah, exactly. And then we got that the hour. Bonus, yeah. So, yeah, man. It'll come. I know. It'll come. I know. I'm just, I was just, I was surprised. I was just a little surprised. Well, then, I don't know. There's a weird point when you're releasing stuff where it's like, I want to get back on track. Obviously, I was behind and we missed some stuff. And so it's like, okay, do I push what's current later to release stuff that we're already late on, or do I recurrent us because the late stuff's already late and everyone knows it's already late? Right, but but then and it'd when be hilarious. Do you ever release it? I don't know, but it'd be hilarious as fuck to release that Christmas one in like July. June. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. Merry Christmas, everybody! Exactly right. <laughs> that would be good. I I I kind of like the idea of that. So, so I I yeah I just. I made the executive decision. Right on. Somebody's got to do it. Wasn't me. I went with my heart, and I didn't second guess it, (laughs) and I didn't ask for advice. Good for you. Good for you, because I would have told you to fucking put in the old ones. Which would have made sense. You just got to follow your dreams, man. Follow your heart and your dreams and your passions, and and the world is your oyster. Yeah, I don't like oysters. No? That's too bad. They're fucking delicious, bro. Are they? I, I how many oysters have you had? Zero. Oh my god, you fucking suck! I knew you were. I knew it. As soon as I saw your face, I knew you were going to be so full of shit. I don't like oysters. You like it? You like a fucking twelve-year-old? Just I don't, look so I, slimy, and I don't know, man. Mm. Well, to be fair, if you if you're a textural sensitive guy, I don't know if you are or not. Yeah, I can't do sushi. Oh, um, because of texture and just recognizing that it's raw, raw. <laughs> So you you would most likely I'd say there's a ninety percent chance you'd have issue with oysters. See, educated guess oysters unless you get them cooked, which is different. Like you get smoked oysters or something that's a little different. But if you eat an oyster like I eat an oyster, it's just raw. It's just raw. Yeah. Does Every it taste once a, fishy depends on the oyster. Okay. Some oysters have a little more of a fishiness. Some oysters have a little less. Some are a little saltier. Some are a little less salty. Just really like there's a um. An outdoor bar, uh, well, outdoor, like, huge outdoor restaurant, like, complex in Phoenix, Arizona. And it's, like, it's one of those giant warehouses where all the doors on the outside fold up. 
Oh yeah. And you can just yeah, walk yeah. in from all angles. And there was a um incredible, just a fucking incredible oyster bar there. And they had oysters from like I don't know, like thirty different places. And you could just mix and match whatever you want. Mm. And they had them laid out as in in flavor profiles. So, you know, they call them like they would say it'd be like a, a briny level. So a briny is a little more salty. Sure. You know, so they would and then sweet and then tart and then like fishy, like a little more yeah, fishy tasting. Like just depends. And then some of them were like the oyster was the size of the cap of this whiskey bottle. And then some of them were the size of like the the um middle part of a Glencairn glass. Mm. So they some of them were big and fat and yeah. meaty and some of them were small. Mm. And it was I don't know. I think I spent like a hundred dollars there. It was so, so good. So when you eat an oyster, do you just like, do you eat it like a shot? Do you just slam it and swallow or do you like chew? Um, I think that's personal preference. I, I, I think there are some people that swallow, but I, I want to get the full flavor. So I usually chew, but I mean, there's not a lot of chewing that happens, Yeah. you know, because there's just not a lot to them. But generally, yeah, you just tip it back, suck it into your mouth and then a couple of chews and then down the down the hatch so but i do i mean if they're if they're done right they don't they don't pop them until you order them oh sure you know so, so you like rubbery gross yeah so it's because it's, you don't want them sitting out so you order a dozen oysters they pop a dozen oysters and they lay it on a tray of ice and they bring it out usually there's a little bit of horseradish a little bit of cocktail sauce if you want because uh, you can put a little bit of that inside the oyster shell when you yeah. suck it up sure um you know the whole aphrodisiac element of it. I've never experienced. There's like supposedly that if you if you eat oysters and you have a tendency to yeah. be a little more randy. Instead, Ike gets gassy. I don't know if I get gassy, but you get. I get. Uh, I just don't get horny, and it's unfortunate. You know, I, I didn't realize this was a screw top. Yeah, those things are the bastards are hard to take off right when you right when you first buy them. I had to like go after it with my teeth. That Yamazaki's a screw top, too? Yes. Damn. Look how light that is. And I think this is... This one's chilled. Well, they're in my... Oh, this is a 43% as well. This is light, too, man. Interesting. What's that one? 46. Broke the 90s. Broke the 90s. So the Yamazaki is... is, uh, I wonder if that's why the Yamazaki came out to such high acclaim when it first came out was because it's such a smooth light whiskey. Uh, for a, for like it's like a it's a single malt Japanese whiskey, but it's supposedly modeled after a scotch. Yeah, it's, like, it's like fabled. This is the Japanese whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. Or do they have an older one? Well, they've got a Yamazaki eighteen. Oh, okay. Yeah, they've got older ones. Oh, it's so good though, the man. Suntory whiskey. So Suntory. Um, there was a movie with Bill Murray, and I don't remember what the name of it was, um, where he is like a spokesperson for Centauri Whiskey. I'm going to look it up. It was a movie? It was a movie with Bill Murray, and um, his line in the movie was, it's Centauri time. Um, Centauri Bill Murray, what's the name of the movie? Lost in Translation, mm. where he's like, he does an ad for Centauri Whiskey. Here, let's see. Here it is. For relaxing times, make it Centauri time. All that for that. 
All that. For relaxing times, make it Suntory time. So I'm assuming Suntory is a pretty big distillery <clears throat> over there. And they are. They've got they've got a they've got a line of whiskeys. Like there's a there's a Suntory Toki. Um I think there's a coffee whiskey they have. Um Do they I think they have a do they have a square bottle one that's actually pretty common? Or rectangle bottle? I think that's the Toki. Okay, because I've seen that bottle so many times, and I keep thinking, oh, is this the one Ike likes? <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, that's way cheaper and doesn't look that fantastic. Well, this it's the Sun, yeah, the Suntory Toki. I'm going to look that bottle up because I think, um, I think that's the one you're talking about. Images, images, yeah, that's that one. That's the one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a, it's a, yeah, it's a cheaper bottle. It's in the 30s usually, um, and it's it's fine. You know, it's not a Yamazaki. Yeah, but the, yeah, the Yamazaki certainly has its own lore with it. And I don't, and I, the reason I brought up the movie is because I didn't know if the movie had something to do with the popularity of the Centauri Yamazaki. Oh, sure, you if know? that's why I got. You know, because it's like we talked about with that's the Blantons ex- and the John exactly. Wick. Exactly, that's what happens in movies. This shit gets popular because people drink it. Yeah, and if it's a good movie. Yeah, well, that helps. Yeah, it helps. And and so more people see it, and they're like, oh, I've never heard of that before. Somebody tries it, and it's like, oh, this is that whiskey from the movie. Um, there is a whiskey that the, the um, master blend, master distiller of Centauri and the master distiller of Jim Beam got together and... and uh, had a collaboration and did a whiskey. I think it's called Legent. Okay. And uh, I've seen that bottle. It's got like a serpenty uh, thing on it. Well, it's it's like this. It's kanji. It's like a swoop. It's yeah. like it's like that that paintbrush swoop like kanji. Um, and uh, I was not impressed. I was no. I was I was honestly I was disappointed because it wasn't cheap. It was I think it's in the forties, <clears throat> and it was um. I've had people, I've met people that said they liked it, but it was, it was just, I don't know, it was disappointing. I, I guess I had high hopes just because the Yamazaki was so great. Of course. That's, I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's beam. Yeah. And and I've never heard anybody say, God, I can't wait to have a dram of beam. You know, no, so beam but and like, coke or um, whatever. Uh, Knob Creek is Jim Beam. It is? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I, lo- and, and I'm, I mean, I yeah. think Knob Creek has turned around. I, I, you know, I we talked about that on the last podcast. What's what's the lineup of Jim Beam? Oh look, yeah, I'm curious just to see what they have for a lineup. Is um, it's it's interesting to me. Oftentimes, I'll see a dis, uh, a whiskey that comes from a distillery that I was not expecting. Um, so I'm I'm curious. Yeah, it's like there's like you know six or seven brands from this one distillery, right? Because right? isn't um, Four Roses is that? Four they, Roses is Four wood, Roses. Right, but do they do Woodford as well? No. They don't? I don't is, think so. Is there another one that Four Roses does? I think Four Roses is standalone. No, there might be a parent company um, that owns Four Roses, but I think Four Roses is pretty unique in that it is it is Four Roses because they have so many different, you know, strains and yeast strains and shit like that and whatever. Uh, let's check out the brands made by Jim Beam. I'm pretty sure it's Jim Beam, Booker's, um, Knob Creek, things like that. Mm. Yeah, okay, here we go. They've got Jim Beam. They've got Knob Creek. Oh, they have Basil Hayden. Really? Yeah. They've got Booker's. Okay. They've got Baker's. 
which I've heard decent things on. I've seen the bottle, but I've never, um, I never really researched it much. My buddy says they have a Baker's seven and a Baker's eight. They might have more, but the the eight is superior to the seven significantly. Little book, which is just another Booker's, uh, Legiant, Old Tub. Old that must, tub. That must be their bottom shelf shit. It's like some kind of like sour mash thing or something. I don't know. Old Crow, another Legion, an old Overholt. I've heard of old Overholt. That's like a That's bottom a rye. shelf. That's a must be a bottom shelf rye. I think it's a bottom shelf if I'm thinking correctly. Old Crow is bourbon. Old Tub is bourbon. I think I can't see the picture. It's dark. Old Tub just sounds like the name. It of sounds like terrible. A, it does. It sounds like a sour mash or like a. You know, <laughs> grain alcohol or something like a yeah white lightning. So really, they've got they've got uh, Jim Beam, Knob Creek, Basil Hayden, Booker's, and then some offshoots. Yeah. So I, the the one I was thinking of, it wasn't Four Roses, but it was the same time I took the Four Roses tour. I took the Wild Turkey tour, tour and Wild Turkey has Russells. Yep. And because that's that's the actual distillers, right? The, the Russells Russells Reserve Old Rippy. Bourbon whiskey, okay, which I've never heard of, um, and then it's Wild Turkey Red Breed, Wild Turkey Forgiven, Wild Turkey Decades, um, and Kentucky Spirit. I don't know Kentucky Spirit. That's just a Wild Turkey. That's like Rare Breed, but the next step up. Really? Yeah. And in like up, in the Wild Turkey family, like up in quality, or it's supposed to be, but everyone says it's worse. Really? Yeah. Kentucky Spirit. So it's wild turkey, like, I don't even know what the number is, 89 or something like that, 84. And then they got 101. And then yep. um, I feel like there's another one I'm missing. And then it's rare breed. Well, there's a f- one called Forgiven. That's their master's keep, I think, their master's collection. Okay. They've got some limited release. It's like Forgiven and then something else they're like their limited edition okay. master keep things <laughs> you okay well, no i've been having on. stuff in my throat what's going on no just what's, i don't want to hear what's anywho going yeah all these throat. distilleries have all this brand, off brand shit and i don't know man i'm with you on that that russell's reserve stuff like that that's not good no it's not i'm just i'm not a fan i found a couple other people on the interwebs who have agreed with that statement. They just say it's too bitter. It's like... Yeah, this got a weird... That was the one that had a really funky aftertaste, yeah, right? Yeah. It was just like... Super a, bittery and... Yeah, it was not good. I mean, you and I and Bill all decided that that was bottom tier. And that was the 10-year. Yeah. It was supposed to be some of their good stuff. Well, their 10-years are easy. When they came out with a 13-year, that's supposed to be actually good. That people seem to like, but it's like, I don't know. I kind of lost my faith in it. Do you do you, do you think that three more years in the cask is gonna is gonna help that bitter note? Probably right, not. Right. You know, well, I I would think it would <clears throat> maybe mellow it a little bit, but to to get rid of it, I just can't imagine now. I, I think just can't see it. I think for me the the Russell's lineup is until I have disposable income that I feel like I want to try it again. It's definitely a don't even look at it. Yeah. I mean, if, if there was, well, yeah, I guess just with the name, it's a hard thing. Even if they like come up with a really great bottle, I'm just, I would, I, would if, be I suppose hesitant. if everyone's in love with it, they just did a limited release this year. It was um single Rick house. It was supposed to be a super 
good single rickhouse, single barrel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like super disappointed on it based on the price you pay. Well, single rickhouse, I mean, I understand that they they move barrels to different rickhouses because like one of them's in the sun, one of them's not. And, mm-hmm. But I mean, I can't imagine it makes that big of a difference to make it, give it a premium price. They're doing everything they can. Every distiller is doing everything they can to try to set themselves apart. Yeah, or set this this one line apart to right. make it seem special. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're trying to they're trying to create something out of nothing. Yeah, or not maybe not nothing. I shouldn't say it that way. They're trying to make something more than it is. It's almost like our our world of culture where everything is headlines and everything's got to be the craziest headline and the you know the wildest story and just yeah, to get it attention. just seems like it's a marketing ploy or a money grab. Like oh look at this thing that's different but the same well they're fighting for relevancy i know but you know like okay take your lineup however many bottles your lineup is Mm -hmm. let's use four roses because that one's simple yep and just fucking make your lineup each one in that lineup the absolute best it can be yeah well and you got to have a base model yeah you know you got to have a younger version middling version with their with them they have four and then two are their premium versions yeah you know, and then, yeah, it's uh, and then if you want to add a rye or something to it, fine. Sure. But it's like, you, you don't know, need, it, yeah. it's overselling. It's overselling. It's trying, it's trying to, I, yeah. I say that. And then four roses puts out their annual limited release anyways, which everyone says is amazing. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever had that one. I haven't either. It's really not. When does it come out? It like just came out, I think December. Hmm. It's like or November, December is Four Roses limited edition 2022. And it was like on all these big whiskey YouTube channels. It was in the top five for a lot of them. Wow. But it's, you know, pricey as fuck. What's so is it? I want to say it's like, like 250, like 250 or something. 250. Yeah, it's pretty wild when you're getting up there. I mean, you got to have, I mean, like we've decided, I mean, we've said so many times. You get over a hundred dollars, yeah, and the 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 minutia of difference in flavor, um, especially in the bourbon world. Oh, for sure in the bourbon world, right? Yeah, yeah. I there's a couple of scotches I'll pay more than that for, you know, like like willingly, like well that Bardstown I paid 150 for that, but that was an experiment. You know, it's really good. I really mm-hmm. like it, but it was definitely an experiment. Um. Would I pay another 150 for that specific bottle? I don't know because sure. I can get a bottle of barrel for yeah. 100 that's really fucking good. Yeah. And but, but the same token, when you get into this that price range, it's like it's nice to branch out. Sure. And you can make that bottle last a long time, but it's like you know, let's say you've committed that your daily sipper in bourbon is going to be a a really high tier bottle. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna, you're willingly gonna have, you know, a shelf of eighty to a hundred dollar bottles. Yeah, bourbon is amazing, but you don't want your whole shelf to be. Or barrel bourbon is amazing to to us. Yeah, but you don't want your whole shelf just to be private release. No, 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 no. I, you're not gonna. I'm not gonna have more than one bottle of private release. All I'm saying is like, with the Bardstown, I've got it. Yeah, and it's gonna be around for yeah. a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like to if if I've if I'm looking for a really great bourbon, like it, like maybe maybe it's a special occasion or something, and I want to pick something up for uh, somebody's party or graduation, I don't know, something like that, a uh, college graduation, let's be clear. 
<laughs> um, you know, and I want to I want to get a nice bottle, but I don't want to spend one hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, for sure, get an eighty five dollar bottle of barrel, and it's fantastic. Yeah, or we can try Woodman's, and maybe they'll have it for seventy five. I don't know if we're going to see that again. I know. I kind of want to go down there. He's got to pick a day, bro. I know. Pick a day. We'll go do it. Um, you know, I have noticed, though, so I, I've gotten very lackadaisical about where my bottles land. I've got, like, three places I have bottles of whiskey. In this house. In this house. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not like, stashed in bunkers around the around the city. <laughs> But Three places. If you open <laughs> up this telephone pole, I got one sitting there for the parade. That would be pretty sick. That actually honestly. would be sick. That would be pretty sick. No, I've got I've got whiskey in our whiskey cabinet for the podcast studio. I've got whiskey in my in my pantry in the kitchen. Makes sense. And I've got whiskey downstairs in the basement. And it used to be that the basement whiskey was always the good whiskey. Yeah. Like I would keep all my really high end good shit down there. And then it would be less likely if I was going to have a dram that I yeah, would, that you'd would go down it. there. Yeah, you'd, you'd make it intentional to go get it for the special occasions. Right. So the other day, um, I, uh, the fuck was I doing? I don't know. I just had a long day, I guess. And uh, I'm like, I'm just going to pour myself something. So I go into the cabinet. It's like, why not pour the $200 scotch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so poured a dram of that, and it was really nice. And so then I poured a little bit more. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is not going to last. This is not going to be <laughs> here very long if I have it with all my main stuff because, of course, I'm going to reach for it because it's the best shit I got. Right. So I got to I gotta get in a better habit of, like, starting to put the good shit back downstairs. This this rabbit hole, Derringer, um, the sherry cask, is uh, uh, getting getting some good reviews, and it's getting more expensive. Oh, I haven't noticed. Yeah, so when I bought But this, it's still available. It's available. But it's, I think it's at least $15 more than when I paid for it. Yeah. Well, everything is, especially locally. Yeah. When I was in Nashville, I had some, I went to have some of it, and there was a place that was charging $20 plus for a pour of it. And it's like, and it, I think I bought it for $64.99. Oh. And it's like, wow, that's really. I, wait, 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 stop. I poured too much of this. What do you mean? You, why? Because it's the yum. So? I got to be able to drink it. <laughs> you, you're going to like it. I know. I Take a sip. I will. Just want to make sure. I mean, if you're not going to like it, then I'll I'll take some of it from you. But if you like it, then I'm just going to let you just, you just drink it. I'll drink it. Okay. Ooh, it's a scotch night for Kyle. Yeah, no shit. Uh-oh, man. You fucking started getting on a scotch kick. No, We're in trouble. I can't do that. We are in trouble. Yeah, because you've got your 27 bottles of bourbon. If you start buying scotch, there's more. <laughs> you could, yeah. I actually counted the other day. How many you got? Not including Not your stuff. The barreled. The barreled stuff. Like 31. Wow, you broke the 30 mark. Maybe it was 30. Still. Because I did finish that bottle of something. I forgot what it was. Breaking the 30 mark. Yeah. I don't think I have 30. I mean, yeah, not, I, not counting my <clears throat> barrel age. Well, it doesn't count because I got a bunch for Christmas. And I say a bunch. I got like three bottles for Christmas. Oh, you did? Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, oh, he got me any fucking bourbon for Christmas. I forgot something. Anyways. Yeah, you forgot the cutting board. I did. I was going to bring one over. I was I, listening to the p- podcast and I was wondering, because I was listening to it on my, at the gym before. I oh, came yeah. Home. I have one for you. <laughs> I forgot it. Anyways, um, 
Yeah, I got like three bottles. Uh, and they're they're fine bottles. One of them, though, my brother-in-law asked me to buy a bottle for him to send to a friend. Okay. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, how much do you want to spend? He goes, I Dylan? Don't know. No, uh, Michael. Okay. You don't know Michael. Sam's brother. And um, he goes, I don't know, 40 bucks. I'm like, oh, okay. And then so they had Driftless single barrel store pick at Pierce's on sale for 40 bucks. I'm like, okay. that's a good bottle for 40 bucks. Yeah. And it's local. And he's sending it to a friend in Colorado. So oh, that's like, fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, send him something local that he can't. That's a great idea. Necessarily yeah. get. So then on Christmas, I get a present from him, and it's that fucking bottle back. No way. Yeah, and he goes, yeah, I found out you're not supposed to mail whiskey, and there's a bit bunch of workarounds. I'm like, oh, so Sam's giving him grief. She goes, so you made him buy his own presents. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, no, there's 40 bucks. That is funny. So he goes, he's like, no, there's money in there, too, for it. I'm like, oh, so I picked out my own present, and then you paid me for it. This is weird. But I just happened to pick up a bottle for myself because it was on sale, and I like the Driftless single So barrels. now you have two bottles of it. I have three bottles. You have three? Well, I have one that's less full than this oh, Yamazaki. So, you, so you, yeah, you don't have three. You have 2.1 bottles yeah, of it. Yeah, but so it was getting low, and that's why, and that one was on sale. So I'm like, oh, I'll buy myself this because I like a Driftless single barrel every now and yeah. then. And then, yeah, now i got another one. So that kind of upped the, the bottle count significantly. Legit. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. That's kind of funny, though, that you end up with three bottles. Yeah, well, and luckily I like Driftless stuff. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, that's good. Whatever. <laughs> well, you had the Naranja. Huh? The Naranja, the Driftless Naranja. Didn't you try that? Yeah, you, yeah. The stuff I had you try. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. The orange stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So you had that. Yeah. And I like that better than the single barrel. Oh, yeah. It's finished and very orangey. And sherry, sherry and orange, I Is think. It? Yeah, I think it's a combination finished cask. Yeah, that's a that's a. I agree. That was that is better than the single barrel. Yeah, the single barrel is just uh, a normal release, so it's easier to find. Mm-hmm. And it, if I don't know certain people at the distillery, it's you know, yeah, that was two to three times the price. That was a legit um, like happenstance. Yeah. Yeah, because it just, and I don't even know that it wasn't even, I mean, he was being very generous. I, I guess because I know him, and then I happen to be talking with the head bottling manager or mm-hmm. some shit like that at the same time. So, certainly helpful, but I don't know. He did say that he, I am going to get, he didn't say, I'm going to get a barrel from him. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, um, he uh, gave me a price, and so I'll. I don't know when I'm going to pick it up, but I am getting a barrel. Less than that kid told you? Oh, way. Yeah. Yeah, way. Um, So, uh, but I want to, when we take the top off and we do what we talked about doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know where to, like, I want your help with it. Sure. Because, you know, as far as just like, because I don't want to fuck Sorry. it up. Yeah, I mean, we get one chance with that barrel head. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like because of the angle of the barrel, when we cut the top, if we cut it one way, then the the inner lip's going to be at an angle. So we got to cut it in a way where the saw stays true flat. Sure. Or, or we cut it twice. We take the top off and then we flip it over and then create, I don't know how we would do it, to make sure it's true flat so it hangs on the wall, right? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. Get it. 
Yeah, and then and then we'll have to measure to make sure that our stave lengths are going to be right. appropriate for doing that. But if we get two barrel heads, one will be stamped and one won't. Mm-hmm. Um, but we could still do the staves across the face of the barrel and all that. Anyway, I think it'll be a fun project to do. My sister has a cry cut. She mm-hmm. can, on the the bottom one. Oh, I never put some. Your fancy words. <laughs> I was like, a, 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 I fuck a with what? people so much. They're like, they're like cricket. I'm like, do you mean cry cut? I'm like, wait, is that how it's actually pronounced? I'm like, yeah. Duh. Duh. Just Haven't you know. seen a commercial? God. Hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. If well, back to that Narnia bottle. Um, <laughs> fucking Narnia. <laughs> yes. Back to the back to the Nar- Narnia. Like, yeah. If you if. I was offered that price for that bottle. Every day you'd buy that bottle. All day. Right? All day. All day. You know what's so cool is that um, I shouldn't even, well, it doesn't matter. Nobody fucking listens to this anyway. <laughs> we were we were down there. Bill and I went to, to uh, Driftless, um, and uh, we're sitting there shooting shit, had a good dinner, um, and um, Scott comes along, and he's like, he's like, hey, you know, all these things, and I was, and, uh, talking about this food and bullshit and what's going on. And I said, I really like that Narana. I said, by the way, just it's just so you know, it's really good shit. He's like, it is, yeah, it's really good. He goes, you want some? Goes, Hang on, I'll be right back. So he takes off and grabs three, three glasses for him and I and Bill. And he pours this one. And uh, um, and we're sipping on it. And he's like, oh, man, I just love this stuff. And we're just, I'm like, how much is this, you know? And he told me, like, per dram. Yeah. And I don't remember how much he told me it was. They were selling it per dram. But some friends of mine were on the table next to mine. I said, why don't you send them one, too? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. He says, I go, just put it on my tab. He's like, oh, man, I got you. I got you. And I'm like, you don't got to do that. And he's like, no, 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 it'll be good. Because it's like, you don't have to pay anything. And I'll tell him you did. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, sweet. <laughs> Some, it, it's a pretty sweet deal, but something feels a little off about that. It's like someone's like, "Oh, thanks so much for what you did," and it's like, "I really didn't. It was just a thought." Suggested it to him. It was him just a thought. Like I had a nice thought. Like is that how much value is there in in like thoughts and just like thoughts and prayers, thoughts and <laughs> prayers? It's like I don't know if you could put value on that. Sure. You know, it's like what's what's that worth? Just the just the gesture. You know, I don't know. I don't know everything. I don't, I suppose I don't know if it's worth everything, but I mean it, it's at least the yeah the gesture is nice, the gesture is nice. Um, no, my uh, it's a friend of mine that I did some work for that she was there with her husband and a friend of hers that lives in a, a city far north of here, and um, she uh, when um this summer like late summer August I was finishing up the job, and she's like oh I need to introduce you to my friend. I'm like, oh, yeah? She goes, yeah. And she shoves this picture in my face. She's like, this is her, isn't she great? I'm like, yeah, I don't know her. I'm like, she's, yeah, she's attractive. But, you know, know." well, it happens to be the same friend that was with him that night. Oh, sure. And so (laughs) she comes over and she's like, so, you know, what have you been doing for work? And then she gets closer to the table and closer to the table. She's like, that's the one I was telling you about. (laughs) And I'm like, Thank you. I, I picked I up. It, I yeah. picked up on that. She's like, "Isn't she beautiful?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's the whole like um, matchmaking thing is interesting to me. You know, I was having a conversation with Bill the other day about how, like, where do where do people actually meet 
the the person, yeah, right. you know, like where there's so many options nowadays between the dating sites and like even fucking Facebook has got these singles ads and shit. There's all kinds of stuff all over the place. And so it's like, where do you find the person? You know, and it's like, I remember there were people would say, oh, you, you meet your person in the grocery store. You don't meet them at a bar. You don't meet them here or there. And, um, and Bill's like, well, what if it's like at, at a play or at an art, you know, store or art gallery or something mm-hmm. like that? And it's like, yeah. But in those situations, when you're at a grocery store, when you're at an art gallery, when you're at whatever, it's like the approachable factor is really tough, right? Because generally that, that other person is there just for the purpose of enjoying. Right. The art. The art. The the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Their version of it. And so, and especially, I think in today's like um, hyper anxious, you know, sexual culture that we have, where nobody wants to cross any boundaries or hurt anybody's feelings or do anything wrong, the approach factor is really difficult. You know, when do you? When is it appropriate? When is it inappropriate? And you know, the messages that come across is it's inappropriate almost all the time. You know, right. and so it's like what what level of of appropriateness or inappropriateness is there, and how do you? meet somebody or do you, you know, it's like in, in those situations, I think it makes it even more difficult, but then, you know, the old adage is like, you don't meet your future spouse in a bar, you know, it's like, that's not where you meet your future spouse. So it's just, I don't know, but if you go out to a bar, there's a better chance of like finding someone else who's out there looking. Right. You know, it's just a weird, the whole, the whole dating world is very, it's a strange dynamic. So what I was, my, my theory was, is that a large, a larger percentage of people who meet and get married are probably, um, like if you're taking the 100% of people who meet and get married, the largest percentage of that is probably people who meet through mutual friends. Yeah, friend of a friend. Yep. Yeah, where it's just like a matchmaker kind of situation. Yeah. And then Bill was saying how there's these like, matchmakers in big cities that make a lot of money setting people up and they like they get down your like personal profile and they meet you yeah. and they interview you and Isn't all there the- a movie about this well there was a tv show it was no will smith movie. wasn't that the premise of that hitch, movie? hitch. Yeah, hitch. yeah yeah he was he was one He's of those wasn't he right? that was yeah. right yeah i forgot about that it's an old fucking movie that is an old movie that wasn't a bad movie either i think that was i don't even fun. remember that movie well other than he Hooked people up, right? Yeah, that was his thing. Yeah. yeah, he like he helped men like get over their shit, and then helped hook them up with women. Okay, maybe he wasn't. A, was he a matchmaker? Or was he just a guy that helped dudes like become more appealing? Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I don't know. you know, because there was that one with Ryan Gosling and and Steve Carell, where Steve Carell goes through a divorce. Ryan Gosling meets him at a bar, and he's just like, "You're a fucking train wreck. Let me help you." And, well, I've never seen that. No, it's really good. It's There's really a different good. one where Steve Carell didn't go through a divorce. Maybe his wife died. And, like, he went up to this cabin, to this family thing, and Dane Cook was in it. Yeah, I don't know that one. Oh, and Dane Cook brings his girlfriend, but she's older, and Steve Carell had met her at a bookstore the same day, not knowing it was his brother's girlfriend, and then they kind of, like, hook up, and then the brother feels Did they get in a fight? Yeah. Maybe I have seen that because it's like they get in a fight and and they're like and it was like this explanation. Like, yeah, Steve Carell's like one of those like he's you know really mopey kind of yeah. depressed dad, but because he obviously lost his wife X years ago or whatever. <laughs> Such a fucking dick. Of course he's depressed. 
No, but he's he plays that character very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like even in the office, you know, he just he was that like he played the character very well. I burnt my foot. What do you mean you burnt your foot? I burnt my foot. I need help. Have you seen that episode? No, I have not seen that episode. That's <laughs> oh, he. Uh, he's like, I like to wake up to the smell of bacon and the sound of it crackling. So I have a George Foreman grill that I put next to my bed. And then, (laughs) and so I wake up in the morning, I plug it in, and then I go back to bed. And meanwhile, it starts cooking the bacon so that I can wake up to the sound (laughs) of the fresh bacon. And he stepped into the grill and it clamped up. Oh my God. (laughs) That's fucking hilarious. Of course he did. I mean, that's That's funny. Anyway, so so you bought the table drinks, but you didn't have to buy the table drinks. Yeah, yeah. You you took it way back. I was just I was so curious. I, it's still an interesting concept to me. Yeah, though. like how like do people the, meet people? The, well, and yeah, and the modern day matchmaker element of like, is that just for super wealthy people? You know, you have this personal attendant person that meets you and interviews yeah. you and then spends some time with you and then they have like a like a log of other people that they can yes, maybe match seems- you up with. It's it's a it's that seems a, like a ritzy thing to do. It does. It seems it seems very exclusive. Like, well, yeah, you got to have the money to literally have someone get to know you to hopefully hook you up. Right, right, and and like, what's the? I wonder what the fail success rate of that is. Right, you know, and um, I think with when you're coming from wealth, and I'm obvious, I'm already putting a, a large amount of wealth on the people that are doing this. There's way different factors involved than than factors for regular everyday people. Yeah, you know, it's like a name yeah. or or yeah. like who like who company you run. Yeah, or, or like who your father is, yeah. or your potential to take over this company, or you know those those sorts of things are like how how it um, like if you're seen with a specific person, how that makes you look in the image of the public eye or whatever. What about speed dating? Is speed dating still a thing? So there's this, I've seen this weird thing where um, it's like speed dating, but basically what happens is, is so there's, there's a table with a red button in the middle. It's a buzzer. And two people sit down and they start talking. And then as soon as someone feels like they're not interested anymore, they hit the buzzer. That's and so mean. It's, it is, right? So then the other person has to leave, right? Well, then there's another person ready to sit down. Wow. So then that person sits down, they start talking, and then somebody hits a buzzer. And it's just like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. But so there's this thing that's happening now, I think. It's well, like it's the it's the it's the instant, it's the swipe left or right mentality. Yes, it's it's that. And and the and I think the reason that exists is because there are like it's it, it there's a there's a sense that there's so many options that you don't really have to try very hard i suppose but like what app is it where you swipe left or right all of them i think oh okay i think all of them it used to be tinder oh maybe that's what i'm thinking but like, i think all of them clearly i use these apps and websites i often. know you've got them on your phone kyle i got farmers only <laughs> for those non farmers <laughs> christiansingles.com yeah christian mingles you mingle with the christian singles but it's like i don't know frankly it's shallow well swipe 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 like 
okay, first appearance and you're swiping on someone, fuck off. Yes. So, but okay, so appearance wise, I feel like if you go out with some friends and you see somebody across the room and you're in a bar or a club or something and you you know whether you're attracted yeah, to somebody that's or not. Valid. So I I think like there's a there's a visual part that I I agree with in a sense that like it, you're just not putting yourself out there. Yeah. I suppose know? maybe that's where the the mutual friend was like someone can talk you up if you don't have necessarily yeah. the most attractive face. <laughs> like a double chin and a neck beard at the moment. Don't cut yourself down now. Not that I'm don't, looking. Don't I do have a wife. <laughs> She's going to be like, uh, so <laughs> does this matter at the moment? I'm, I'm glad you fixed it. It's been bothering me for like five minutes. Oh, this thing. Yeah, the cord because it was disconnected. Um, No, but. I thought you <laughs> meant my face. <laughs> I was hoping you'd fix your face and you still haven't done it. So I don't know I what to tell you. I told you, man. I feel bloated today. <laughs> Honey, I feel bloated today. Don't look at me. Don't talk about it. No, you're, you know, you have, you, have a, you have a nice double chin. <laughs> beard didn't hide it the the neck beard is like it's an interesting thing with the neck beard right because you can try to pull it off but i think uh, on some level it's either you're just scruffing you don't care yeah or you're trying to hide something like one yeah, of those two like things. i feel like it's got to be what a finger above the adam's apple that's the is that the is that the, that's the guidance that's the measure that's the bottom of it. Interesting. Like all beards or just the neck beard? No, like where you're supposed to trim your beard. See, I take my beard all the way to my jaw. Like I take my beard all the way yeah. to my jawline. You're more chiseled, I guess. Yeah, you're more d- defined. I have a. I but have you a, bring it down too. Like I have, I couldn't bring, I got puffy, you know, fat cheeks. I couldn't bring it down and just do a jawline. My cheeks just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It'd be like that, like you're fucking hip fat which just <laughs> blends over your fucking jeans you, that'd be my you, cheeks you're and talking my, about my, my love handles <laughs> blending over my jeans just blend my cheeks are my face love handles so if my beard doesn't cover them up like it just go <laughs> i feel like peter griffin <laughs> my my fat's hanging over my jeans man no <laughs> so with the but the the cheek beard though you you think that i i trim it down there and to a degree i do but i i don't grow it up here Oh really? It just doesn't exist. I think if if I grew it higher, I would probably leave it a little bit higher. Yeah. But it's it's it gets it thins out the farther it goes up. Yeah. So it kind of like it's naturally goes down to my jaw gotcha. a little bit more. I, yeah, I I wouldn't go down quite as far as I do. But on the neck, I've I've always gone gone right underneath the chin. Yeah. You know, and I don't and I don't know why, but it's just like it's lift your head up once. Okay. Not as horseshoey as I thought down there. <laughs> all, that, all I can imagine is a horseshoe. Right <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I never thought about it that way. But yeah, I mean, I suppose. Well, and that's the thing. Being six foot four, everybody Everyone's sees everybody up, sees right? my horseshoe under my chin. Now I'm gonna be all self conscious <laughs> no, no, about my horseshoe all. under my chin. That's your look. Fucking dick. God. No, I'm trying to hide the double chin. So I got to get to the double chin part, which for me is like you know a finger above the Adam's apple. I was. I was. Um, looking at this fitness video um, yesterday, I think, and this guy was saying how, he said, everybody gets disappointed because the the first three weeks of going to the gym, you see the most results in the shortest period of time of, of like all the time you spend in the gym. Mm. 
So like your first three weeks, you're in there and you're grinding away and you start to see results quickly. Sure. And then, and not like overnight, but like after three weeks, you're like, oh, I can see a difference. Like, like you can mm-hmm. see a little definition in your bicep, you see a little less body fat around the midsection, whatever, then your cheeks. Um, and he said, after that, like your body almost gets used to the workouts and it's like, okay, this is what we're doing. So we need to preserve our fat a different way or whatever. And, and I thought that was really interesting. I didn't know that. And it, it makes sense though, because you hit a plateau. You were, you were talking about, you had felt like you'd been working out really fucking hard, but you hit this plateau where you're not seeing the same amount of results. Yeah. And, um, and I wonder what, what is that? You know, is it, um, like how, how, how do you break the plateau? Is it a, a matter of like really leaning up your diet and hitting the I gym double of, time? I think a lot of it for me is diet. I, I don't count my calories as strictly. I know generally what I eat and where it falls, but I'm not eating the right stuff. And I think that's why. Like, I don't think I'm overeating. I don't, I'm not gaining weight. So I'm not overeating. No, yeah, you don't, I don't see that you're gaining weight at um, all. But I'm not losing weight either. And so, yeah. So you, like, how much, how much weight did you lose early on when you were, when you first started hitting? Like 30 gym? pounds. Yeah. So you, you lost a significant amount. That's a solid amount of weight. Right away, like within the first what month? Maybe. No, no. How 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 long did it take you? Four or five months. Really? Yeah. So when did you do you think you saw it in the first month? Like your did you recognize your gains or is this guy full of shit? I recognized the muscle growth. Okay. Um. So yeah, I yeah I recognized the gains. I saw them. Okay. Both on the scale and just physically, like for someone who I'd never worked out in a gym before. Yeah, like even in high school, like as a hockey player, like I didn't go to the gym, right? And so, like, there's some quick and easy muscle growth, like in my pecs and my biceps and my triceps, like really noticeable, really easy. Mm-hmm. And so, do you, was there was there a point where you're like, oh, I made some gains, I'm feeling pretty good, yeah. And then and then it's just like, um, did you ever? Was that was that more of a motivator for you, or did you get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm making some gains, maybe I don't have to work quite as hard? No, or? it was a motivator, and I wanted to keep going. And then, I don't know what happened. Thanksgiving, <laughs> I remember we talked about it. It was like it was, Thanksgiving happened, and then there was family obligations. There was Thanksgiving. You how many Thanksgivings do you go to? Like three? It was like, yeah, it was a bunch. Yeah, and then and then Christmas, and yeah, and so it's just like since like the holiday season, it's just been like. I still go work out, but I'm not, everything else is just like, yeah, not there. And I was able to, um, and I stopped doing it cause it just got, I got really fucking cold. Um, I was walking my dog at night. Yep. So nights I wouldn't work out. I'd walk the dog. Well, I just hadn't this winter. I just, I tried once before it started to snow and I was like fucking freezing my dick off. I'm like, yeah, I don't think we're going to do this. Well, maybe your new coat will help. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So when I was, um, I don't know, I was another podcast I was listening to. This guy was saying that the most important time for movement is, is right after a meal. Yeah. You know, and so it was like, I know for me, I go to the gym and then I come home and eat dinner. And then I usually take Prim for a walk. Um, except for on tonight. I don't do that because tonight is our podcast night and everything else. And it's a little bit later between the club and the pod. But it's, um, I feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, if I go to the gym, like I'll usually, I got in the habit, like I, I want to eat a little something before I go to the gym, but I don't want to be, yeah, I don't want to have a lot of food in my belly, 
But because I go to the gym around five, it's right before I would normally eat dinner. And so I've had this span of time between lunch and dinner. So my go-to is a piece of toast with some peanut butter on it and then a cut-up banana with a little cinnamon on top of it. It's not a tremendous amount of food. um, And uh, it gives me just a little bit of that, little bit of juice going into the gym, but it's not uncomfortable. Right. You know? Um, And then... I'll go to the gym, I'll do my workout, hit the sauna, and then I come home and then I'll walk. I'll have dinner first and then I'll walk the dog after. And it seems to be, it's like it helps me sleep better and all those all those elements as long as I don't eat anything late at night. Yeah. That's been my biggest fucking problem. Snacking at night. Yeah, it's just that. And it's, you know, my Cincinnati Bengals lost. Yeah. We, we all know this. Um, but... The football games on the weekends, especially in the playoffs, I've been having people over. And so I buy some food, wings and this and that. And so then I have leftovers. Yep. And those leftovers are always like snack leftovers. And the snack leftovers, I end up like those are the ones I I know are in the fridge. So it's 10 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night. I'm going to turn on a little show. It's just like, oh, man, I'm just I'm kind of hungry. Like just a little hungry right now, so then I'll go and grab some summer sausage or yeah and some crackers and then some cheese and next thing you know I'm full again. But now I'm going to bed, you know, and that's my biggest sure. my biggest downfall is like having that shit in the house and then and then my weakness, my fucking weak yeah. ass. I've gotten better with not eating at night, but now I like so on nights I work out, I have like dinner. Like five thirty six, play with the boys for an hour, then we put them to bed. Then Sam and I talk for a while or something like that, and then I'll go work out. And then when I come home from a workout, I'm not necessarily hungry. I'm more thirsty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have like a protein shake, sure, or something like that. Um, but I don't, you know, I've never thought like, oh, I need to go move after I drink a protein shake. Right, right, right. And then at nights I don't work out. I don't snack anymore. But I usually have a dram of whiskey. Sure. And I mean, I know those are carbs. Yeah, it's carbs. I mean, it just, and if, if it's one dram, you're talking about an ounce and a half, two ounces. Yeah. So it's not a tremendous amount. The protein shake is a really good idea because you, because after you work out, you want to have that boost of protein. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you find like a slower release protein, like a casein protein that you're supposed to kind of take before you sleep. And then it just kind of slowly breaks down as you sleep. So. Yep. But yeah, I don't know. Are you doing the creatine? Well, I was. I stopped because uh, I got to get some tests done. Oh, that's so right. You got to you got to clean the system out to make sure everything's yeah. good to go. Yeah. So I'm waiting to to restart that. And I can tell. I here's the thing. I've I can I notice the creatine. You notice? Yeah. Really? What what you what was the biggest notice or biggest factor that you noticed? I this? look and feel weaker. Mm. Wow. And I know I haven't. Um, like I know like it doesn't like make me stronger. It just adds water to your muscles mm-hmm. or your muscles retain water. So they look fuller. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like my arm size has certainly gone down. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't, but the other thing like with my weight, like the weightlifting and in, in these last three months, like I haven't, um, made gains. I haven't lost progress. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I haven't made progress either. Like, I'm not lifting more. Do you write down more. the weights you use? I mean, are you I methodical know. about it? I'm methodical. Um, 
I am methodical, but the exercises I do, like, no, I don't write them down, but I could tell you, like, name an exercise and I can tell you what it is. Okay. Like, on a pull down, I do 130s. Uh huh. On the chest press, it's a 45 and a 25 on each side. So, whatever that makes it. Yep. Um, do you just do one weight and then multiple sets, or do you yeah. you don't up your weight? I the first pull down and the first press I do I do a warm up set that's usually half. Okay. So my first press set I just have forty fives on, and my first pull down uh, is typically around like eighty five, okay. whatever seventy to eighty five, whatever that number is yeah. on the thing. I'm not super methodical about that, but I know the weights that I like do three full sets on. Sure. And then the chest fly I do one thirties. Rear delts, I do 115s. Biceps on the cable machine, uh, I do 45. Triceps on the not actual tricep side, I do 100. On the tricep side where it's a direct pull, I have to like cut that in half. Yeah, that the first time. <laughs> I know. I was I, so confused. I'm like, what the hell? I was doing 100 on the other side or 90 at the time. Yeah. I'm like, I can barely do 40 on this side. Yeah, I was the first time I I did that. I was I I thought something was wrong with me. Yeah, because I was doing it on the fly side, and then I and then I went around to the actual tricep position side with the back pad. Yeah, and then I go I went the and I had I think I had like <coughs> seventy or eighty on there. Yeah, and I went to push. I'm like, God, yeah, man, this is fucking hard. It. I'm like, Oh my god! And I was like, I'm what the hell, you know? And then and yeah, then, yeah. Then I'm like, Oh. Okay, this yeah. makes a little more I do, sense. Uh, I do uh, lateral raise on the cables where I kind of do leans. Yep. Those are fucking a bitch, but I only kind of do 25 on those. So th- three cents. When you're, so I know my weights. When you're lifting, though, do you have – what's the goal? Is the goal to lose weight? Is the goal to gain mass? Is it all well, the above? It's all the above. And so I will say in the last week, I've actually walked a lot more on the treadmill. And I know that you need to lift to lose weight. So my priority has been less about gaining muscle and rather I'd, I want to maintain and burn extra calories at this point. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You're trying to lean out. Yeah. And, yep. but I've, but I've only been consciously trying to do that for like a week. So maybe two weeks. So that you're doing more cardio, more time on the treadmill. So you're sweating more. Yeah. But the research shows that the the lifting heavy weights causes more metabolic increase yeah. than the cardio and the metabolic increase is actually where the leanness comes and it, it's such a it's such a juxtaposition of the of the of the mind and, and the words of, of how it works what i just fucking said i'm not sure if that makes sense to anybody but me but it does to me so that's all that matters hello <laughs> yeah so when like lately my cardio and I don't know if this is because I had COVID, um, but my cardio has been for shit. Like my heart rate gets accelerated, and I will like I'll cardio out way quicker than I think I should. Sure, but I'm not sure if that's because I'm focusing on I'm more focused on lifting heavy weights, and like my cardio is just walking on the treadmill at a high rate, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to like really getting into the hit cardio stuff yeah see i haven't been doing hit i've just been doing like steps on the treadmill but i'll put the incline up i'll i'll gradually gradually raise it up and i can feel it in my calves i know i'm working my calves when i fucking do that sure but i also want to be able to climb that fucking hill on the camp out well you're gonna be able to do that um but my cardio has been going up like i can do 
easily like I have to sit there and adjust the time up. Sure. And my heart rate, you know, is rocking, you know, 140 maybe. Which so, isn't which isn't high, but it's not low either. So I feel like it's a good middle place. But what I think I need to do is I think I just need to prioritize every day getting the steps in, not worrying so much about the cardio, but just making mm-hmm. sure I'm getting the movement in. And then the three days I actually go like lift, lift and, and focus on that. So kind of like how you're doing split days. Yeah. Just make it a point. Like every day I get at least 10,000 steps in. Sure. And I think that might help. Yeah. It, so what I'm thinking about though, is that cardio, like you said, climbing the hill. It's like if we're cruising up the hill at a good clip and our heart rate gets above 140, it gets above that stage two or whatever the Mm -hmm. hell it is, and we're getting up into stage three or four, you know, and we're pushing 160, maybe 170, and then, like, we're really banging, you know, and then it's like how long can we maintain that level? Yeah. You know, that's the cardio that, that, like, where I feel like I'm deficient, Mm. you know, um, like once a week I get into that peak cardio mode and I feel like I'm a little deficient. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, I mean, the only time my heart rate, cause I haven't, I've watched it tells me has been in the one seventies. <clears throat> Anytime recently has been when we did hit. When what? Oh, when, oh, when we, when you and I and KG hit, did that hit yeah. circuit. Yeah. Like I was in the one seventies. Yep. <clears throat> Otherwise, like, even if I'm pushing it like in a rower, like 162, 163 is kind of where I max. Right. See, and that's the thing is like, um, I like, I like the pump. I like to be able to get my muscles to look nice. I like to cut a little bit of weight, all those things. But it's like there's gonna there's times when I want to be able to hit that level where I can operate at a higher RPM for longer, sure, you know. Sure. So it's like how do I? So okay, so take for example when I ran that five k. You know, it's like if you're gonna run the five k, run run it, your heart rate's gonna be up there for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like until like I guess I suppose like if you're a conditioned runner, you figure out where your pace is, where you can regulate that right. heart rate. But, like, even on the final push up the hill, it's like I want to be able to, to run the whole fucking hill without having to tap out, like, two-thirds of the way to the top of the hill and take a break. Yeah. So I'm running into, like, instances where, where it's like I'd, I'd like to have a, be able to maintain a higher heart rate for longer. And so how do, how do you complement the lifting with them maintaining the higher heart rate, you know, at the same point in time. Like, I guess that's like, I don't know, it's endurance athletes that still are strong. Right. You're, it's less about mass and more about just lean muscle, right? Right. But the more, yeah, because the more muscle mass you have or more muscle mass I have, the, the harder it is for my heart to keep up. Yeah. Because there's a more, you got to pump more blood into those muscles and they need more oxygen. Well, and it's and, oxygen, not blood, it's oxygen. And, um, and there's a difference between strength and mass, muscle mass. Right. Like you cannot show it and still be very right. strong. That's, that's, like dad, that's like being dad strong. You're right. Yeah, that's dad strength for sure. And, 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 you know, like 
and like my i've never wanted to and because i don't personally think it looks great is to be like bodybuilder no you know muscle i think that's i I don't i think that's ugly and and ugly in a way that just doesn't look healthy yeah i mean at my age here's the goal because i just watched it 007 with daniel craig oh fuck you know what i mean he's he's that dude's a fucking stud. Yeah, I just need to look studly at whatever his age is. That's so yeah. I got a couple. How years old to, is Daniel Craig? And gotta be well. That the first one he he appeared in was fuck who knows when. 007. Daniel Craig. It was what two thousand nine. So Daniel Craig is fifty four. The first one he showed up in was 2006. He was 38 when he became 007. Okay. And his most recent one was 2021. So how old is he now? He's 54. So he was 53. So yeah. No, 53, 52. 52. He's fi- he was 52. So, but even at 50. if Well, he looked fucking jacked in the last one. Yeah, I know. If I could look jacked at 50 Jesus, like that. yeah. I know that's not realistic. He's an actor. He's got a personal trainer. He literally probably dedicated months of just doing that to prepare for the role. And I I'm, get it. I'm like, I'm going to guess that he had a little booster. Little, little, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, a little test. Like not a little testosterone or maybe some yep. HGH or something. Something, along something. Yeah, something to help. So, but yeah. Because I bet if you looked at him now, he'd already have lost a lot of the mass. Yeah, maybe. It's been two years. Daniel Craig now. Shirtless. <laughs> Shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and there is and there is that, there's that element of the, of like you see guys like Daniel Craig in their 50s that look super fucking jacked. And he's not huge like bodybuilder, but God damn, dude's fit. Yeah, right. So it's like, yeah, I'd like to look like him. <sighs> Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I've been. Ha- I had to watch at least one. Which one did you watch? Uh, no time to die. The most recent one. Yeah, that's a good one. Tearjerker. Fuck. <laughs> Goddamn. Goddamn Loch Ness. Sam's laying next to me, and I'm crying in the Whoa. bed watching an iPad. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> it's a good one, man. It's a good one. So what are they gonna do? What's the next? They were trying to. Tease who might be the next. Bond. Well, so they kind of been going through these. Like, of course, they want to keep 007 in the in everybody's mind. Like, who's next? Who's next? They want to keep their franchise yeah. running. So, I think it should be Idris Elba. No, but he's getting older too. You know. Yeah. But like, if you look at I the, like ma- him. I do too. And if you look at the majority of the Bonds, generally they are a little bit older. Like they're an older, yeah. distinguished gentleman. You know, it's like. That they're not a young, you know, they're not young. I don't know how Pierce Brosnan was when he did it. Maybe he looked younger, maybe in his thirties. I didn't realize Daniel Craig did five of them. Oh, I didn't. I guess I didn't realize that either. But I mean, so so I guess that's the other element of the question that I hadn't really considered. Like they want him to be there for yeah four or five movies. If they wanna, if they want him to span a what? Well, if he started oh six twenty years almost fifteen years fifteen years. years. Yeah. So if you want a bond to go 15 years, so there was a um do you ever did you ever watch Bridgerton? Nope. So there was a young guy in Bridgerton who was one of the leads. He's African American guy, handsome guy, pretty fit, a little leaner on the lean side, more of the Pierce Brosnan leanness. Oh, yeah. You know, because Daniel Craig's pretty dense. Um, but I mean, like, so they I guess that that name's been floated around a little bit too. But like someone was talking about the rock. It's like you can't no. fucking rock as James Bond. Well, 
And so I've not watched, I don't know the last time I've watched a James Bond movie. Um, and I've certainly not watched enough James Bond to know, like, this is the last James Bond of this actor. Right. So, so what is the transition? Because, okay, spoiler alert if you didn't watch it, right? Yeah. If you haven't watched No Time to Die, I'm going to spoil things. Here's your... God damn it. Here's your, here's your warning. Okay. They kill him off. Yeah. There's no way he could... I mean, I get it. He's James Bond. He might survive it. But what's right. the transition typically when there's a new James Bond? Because it's the same name. I don't know. I don't you know, know what I mean. Yeah, but there's there was another movie, or is it just a reset? Like, wait, wait. In in No Time to Die, wasn't there like another double O? Yeah, it was a, a woman, right? A woman, yeah. Yeah, she was in, she was like a new double O seven. Correct. So maybe that's the transition. Is that it's like double O seven is just a code name for a specific you know entity, but it doesn't have to be the same person. Like another person can take over the double O seven. They could. They're not going to do the. I mean, I don't know. They're going to kill the series if they do it. Let's just be I honest. don't know, but how did they transition before? I mean, well, that's what I'm asking. so many. I don't know. Or is it like, um, is it more like Batman, where it's almost like... A whole new... It's, a, it's the same premise, but it's a new storyline. It's a new mm. beginning. It's a new actor. And so that's that... It's cleaner. Act, it's clean, right? It's cleaner. You get a new director. You get a new act. You get a new Batman. And so this is just like... It's Batman reimagined. So is every time we get a new James Bond, is it just James Bond reimagined? Did they ever kill off any other James Bonds? That's a, that's a great question. Where the fuck is Bill? See? You know, things I need to know. I was thinking... I did cry. I'm not going to lie, though. I, I trust I trust. When you he finds out he has a daughter, and then he... Oh, my God. I know. God. He's standing on top of that fucking roof, right? Yep. Yep. Fucking walkie talkies because he knows he's dead. Yep. It's just. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to go into a rant about Bill, and you're like talking about. Yeah, where the fuck is Bill? You know, I thought it's been a while since he's been on, and he's. You you don't still have the button, do you? No, I don't. But I was going to say, I I can Bluetooth my phone to this thing. We can call him. Where is he? I don't know. I think he's home. Sure, he's home. We can fucking call him. Hold on a minute. I'm holding on. Bluetooth it and then call him up. I just, I just tell him. I'm gonna tell him that. Um, answer, answer Kyle's phone. Yeah, I'll text him. Just tell him. Put on something decent and answer the phone. <laughs> okay, I just sent it. I'll give him a second. I need to change the buttons to be that. Yeah, so it's a really good question though, as to what happens to the other James Bond. How many how many James Bonds have died? Yeah, right. Like legit died. No, they could always do what they've done in every other movie where you think he dies. Like, oh, he's miraculously survived. But that seems bullshit. But that's only if you're gonna resurrect that character. Yeah, because they gave him a proper send off. Like it was a good death for James Bond. In the first and only time 007 actually died on screen, James Bond sacrificed his life to protect the woman he loved and his only daughter at the yep. end of No Time to Die. That's the only time. See? And they again, it was definitive. He fucking got bloated up. Oh, yeah, he's dead. Interesting. 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 So, like, to be fair, so if, if there's anybody still fucking listening to this, the reason we're talking about James Bond so much is because there's a 
a gala coming up that's James Bond themed with the tux. Right. Dude. 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 What's up? Hello? I'm watching uh, little Ted Lasso. You're watching Ted Lasso. That's a good show. We're just talking about James Bond. And we were trying to figure out how many times James Bond has actually died on screen. And we're like, where the fuck is Bill? What? And Kyle wants to know, what's Bill doing right now? He's watching Ted Lasso. Oh, there you go. Are you, are you sitting in your, like, your tidy whities watching Ted Lasso? <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not. Wow. Well, that's good. I mean, that's a one, one plus. Yeah. Do you, have a, do you have a plus one with your Ted Lasso? <laughs> it's a Ted's Lasso. It's not Ted's. Nope. It, Bill, Bill's not watching Ted Lasso. He's watching Ted's Lasso. That's a whole different TV show. <laughs> oh, my God. So, wait. So, the question is, how many times has he died? How many like times has James Bond died on screen? We already huh. looked it up. If you're trying to look it up, are, are you? Are no, you... yeah, I'm looking. I've got. I'm getting conflicting reports. Oh, okay. What's your report? Says, Interesting. What's it say? Well, one report says he never died in a film before, and then another one says he hasn't died in a franchise film before. No time to die. Yeah, that's the, yeah, That's no, the most recent one. That's the most recent one. And it's, they they killed him. Yeah, he blew up. Yeah. Right. 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 So. Before that, this is like 2001, that said he never died. Okay, okay so yeah. so that means that No Time to Die is the only on-screen death of James Bond. Yeah, ever. so I don't know where the future lies for James Bond. So we're trying to decide who the next James Bond is, Bill. Do you have a, do you have an input on this? Um, I don't. Um, I know there's some good possibilities. Like, who, who are they talking about that you know of? Uh, I'm horrible with names. Uh, what's his name? Oh, that guy. Um, the same yeah. guy Ike was talking about. Was it Idris Alba? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's who I hope gets it. He's, yeah, he's we just, my topic. We were looking, and so most Bonds do like five movies, and it takes them like 15 years. And so the question is, can he make it 15 years and still have that prestige? Oh, that's a very nice question. That's a very oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, because there's some longevity the involved in being the, Bond. Yeah. The other two they're talking about are, are Henry... Uh, Cobble, what's his oh, name? Oh, yeah, yeah, I like him. yeah. That the then, Superman um, guy, but he was better yeah. than The Witcher. Yeah, and then Tom Hardy, and Tom Hardy is awesome, but I think oh, he Tom Hardy would be good, I think, and I think he could he could hang out for for fifteen years for sure. He's you young. Think so? yeah, I, Yo, I yeah. think Tom Hardy could do it for fifteen years. Yeah, it, every movie I've seen him in though, he's been like rough, mobby, like. Yeah, he's rough around the edges. Yeah. Tom Hardy's a rough around the edges. Bill, have you dude. seen a lot of the Bond movies? Um, I think I could say yeah. Like, so the, our question was like, what's the normal transition? Like, when they switch who plays Bond, right? Is there a transition? Like, is it supposed to be seamless and we just pretend it's the same actor? Or is it like, you know, in the Batman movies when they switch who's Batman, it's kind of like a new take and a new start for each Batman? Do you know how that transition is for each bond? I I don't think there's any kind of transition. Okay, like so that. maybe it's supposed to be just seamless. I, I don't think, know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I've never noticed it's like, well, you, you're out and this guy's in. Right, right. That's the question. I don't remember anything like that. See, I don't yeah. either. But I mean, but to be fair, like the older James Bond movies before Daniel Craig, I really don't know them that well. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, so it was. 
Um, Pierce did any, Brosnan. Did any Bond ever have a beard? Because I need to find that outfit that he wore. <laughs> oh yeah. The, so the the whole. There's, you know, there's a. I think there's. I know Roger Moore. I'm trying to think if he had it in a movie. Roger Moore has had a beard before. I'm trying to remember if he did. Connery's had Bond. a beard before too, but I don't know if it was as Bond. I don't think Connery had a Bond beard. Maybe he had a mustache though. Maybe that's what it was. Well, I ain't getting rid of it. Hey, Bill, how's how's the keyboard master going? Can we see this? Do you have do you have data that you have to share? Keyboard master going. Wait, he's confused him. He's like, let me get my computer. He's on it. Yeah, he's got. He's got to click off the the other sites. Hey, he's got to get. He's, he's got to get off. Go of James Ted's lasso. lasso. Ted's lasso. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm watching Ted Lasso. You guys. Um, I see how you get me on here. Uh, Better than getting yeah, no, you off. I don't, I don't think. I don't think James Bond has ever had. You know, the one thing I'm trying to remember. I mean, I've seen Roger Moore with a beard, and I'm trying to think if it was in the middle of a Bond. I mean, now it would make sense if he didn't, right? Because right. he's always clean cut. He's yeah. always well dressed. He's always like. So the real question is: Is that should Kyle and I shave our beards for the James Bond? Doesn't night? matter if I should. I'm not going to. Oh, that is a real question. Isn't yeah, it? I'm not going to. Hey, on a positive note, Bill, I've had three drinks tonight, and they're all of the Scotch varieties or single malts. Aren't you proud of him? Wow. Yeah, I am. I am proud. How, what, how are you feeling? Good. They're, they're all low proof. Yeah, they're low ABV. We're not getting hammered tonight. Not yet. Anyway. What, what are your three? What what three did you say? We were we were gifted a bottle. The studio was gifted of Monkey Shoulder, which is um, I don't think Ike is a huge fan, but for me it seems like a really good beginner scotch because it's blended and it's from Speyside, so it's really like light and not peaty. And mm-hmm. then uh, it, it's not a scotch. It's but it's Ike's Westland uh, American Single Malt. That's yeah, it's, sure. kinda, it's almost like an American scotch. Right? Yeah, that's good. And then we. Ike had out the Yamazaki. So some Japanese. Again, it's not a scotch, but... But, but I mean, they're like all in the same neighborhood. They're, we're, we're, we're well, sl- you know that Monkey Shoulder ABV is like 43%. Yeah, it's really oh. light. Look at this guy that's, with well, the that's, knowledge. That's, that's like average bourbon. I mean... No, no, really the, no. Pretty- most of the bourbons we drink are 90 plus. I was going to say, lately, most of the bourbons we drink are in the oh, yeah. one teens. Yeah, the, one yeah teens. the 100 plus. The uh, ones we've been drinking, but I would say most of the ones that we lean to are at least 90 at a minimum. Minimum. Yeah, but the monkey, you're right. The monkey shoulder is 43. Dude, the memory on you is is uncanny. Wow. I, it's un- unbelievable. Yeah, I, let me talk about Michael Jordan. Um, and he's uh, incredible. No, I mean, whiskeys are usually around, they're in their low 40s. I think it's, I think the. What do you mean whiskeys? Are in, for, you mean like 80, 80 for proof? ABV. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, well. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I think that's the cutoff. What's makers? Like for is makers, and is makers 80? I think it's 84. 84. Uh, I mean, it's real average. That 43 is pretty, pretty average. Yeah, I guess, I guess we forty three would be probably what. Yeah, we've just you had, guys are just we've had too many. Yeah, we're just hardcore. Oh, yeah, well, man. that one Kyle's got is almost one hundred and thirty. That Forester, yeah, that's good though. Yeah, well, yeah, you're just getting it's used hot. To these hardcore I say things. it's hot. Yeah, it's hardcore. We're hardcore. We're gonna be hardcore Bond guys at this gala coming yeah, up. We're gonna finish up. You know, you could be the new Bond, Bond drinks. With the beer. Bond drinks scotch. Is that At what least he, the Daniel Craig Bond no, does. Well, no, but see, the other ones are always martinis, shaken, not stirred, right? Isn't that what it is, Bill? Martini? Yeah. So, well, yeah, but that's the, that's the Vesper martini, which would be, I mean, typically it should be gin. Right. But, um, they drink vodka. 
but the Daniel no, Craig the ones drinking, were vodka. Drinking scotch isn't that just like that's in a there's that fifty old scotch that he shoots off the woman's head. Yep, and then the guy shoots it um, the woman in the head. Yep. Yeah. So the Daniel Craig one in the the two movies I've watched, he's been at the bar. He drinks a shake and not stirred with the woman, but otherwise he drinks scotch. He drinks scotch. Yeah. Okay. Oh really? I didn't. Okay. I, yeah, because I always associate Bond with a martini. Well, yeah, I mean that's the whole. That's the name of the gala too, shaken not stirred. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I'm not drinking martinis at the gala. Me either. No, I'm drinking. Bill, the free are you beer. coming to the gala to drink to drink <coughs> alcohol? Uh, I wasn't planning on it. Oh, okay. You could um, be. You could be sold I out. I'm telling you, with that fly ass new haircut you got, I'm thinking you could be Bond easy. I could, man, but I've got a beard this week, so you, I don't know. You don't want to shave it off this week. <laughs> this week I got a beard. I don't want. I don't feel like shaving it off. You don't want to lose your identity. No, not, not for this week. We were we were we were just discussing like where's the cutoff for your beard? Like when you shave your beard, do you shave it all the way to your chin underneath, or do you cut off just above the Adam's apple? Um, no, it's just above <coughs> the Adam's apple. Then you made me cough. Yeah, just above the Adam's apple. Okay. I like for, I feel like a full beard is that. Well, Ky- a full beard is like you know, just down a little bit from the cheek and then to the Adam's apple. If you can grow it. If you can there. grow it. Yeah, yeah. So, like that's what I do too, Bill. Yeah, Kyle Kyle does. Yeah, Kyle does just above the Adam's apple. I but I always take mine right to the bottom of my jawline. I got to I got to straighten this shit out. I, it just when I Wait. Do you shave above Are you saying above your Adam's apple? Yeah. To your jawline? Yeah, like, oh. like I stay like, like if if you feel underneath your chin where your jaw is, like where my jawbone starts on the inside, that's ch- that's kind of where I tend to stop shaving. He's kind of got a horseshoe on the bottom. Yeah, of his he's chin. he's making you fun know, of my I horseshoe. Guess I, I never noticed this. I just in fairness, I've never that. actually noticed. Yeah, so it's <laughs> you just it's hard to look past the chiseled jaw, as Kyle says, <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> Those oh, well, thanks for creating an excuse for us. Um. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to create any excuses. I'm just saying that was Kyle's words. So I'm just repeating <laughs> Kyle's words because he's going to go home and watch Ted's Lasso 2. Ted's Lasso 2. <laughs> it's, it's, that's a, part Ted, of the sequels to those Ted's other movies Kyle lasso. was watching. <laughs> Ted's, Ted and his, and his friends' Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we we fully that's the one that's on that's on Showtime I think or Skinamax yeah Skinamax is that still yeah. a thing Skinamax yeah I don't know is Cinemax even a thing I don't know I don't have cable I would imagine I well generally like on Amazon if you pull it up they offer you all these different movie channels so maybe oh, maybe Cinemax is still like the home of the NC seventeen or whatever Skinamax right? version of I don't need no NC seventeen we need what rated M A Hardcore soft porn. <laughs> Isn't that uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Yeah. Yeah, Californication. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Cinemax is going strong. See? Oh, yeah. There no. you go. Oh, going strong. Feels, feels like shit. My credit card. I've been billed regularly for the last 13 months. Cinemax is holding strong. <laughs> They're holding strong. Yeah, so, so when are you... They've got, they've got original series like Strike Back, Outcast, and Banshee. Banshee. Is that is that, is that like an NC seventeen? That I mean, you, are you? I'm, I'm assuming you're looking at them. Um, I'm just looking at that list. I don't know what band. Oh, okay. There's yeah. not pictures. Yeah, there's not there's not visuals on the on the on the iPhone 13 with his new. Case. No, that seems too that seems too nice. Like, 
Skinamax, that's what, like, Life of a Hooker or something yeah, like that, Yeah, right? like, yeah. When call, the, Diary of a Call Girl or something? What's the when, <laughs> when the plumber calls late at night. <laughs> so, some shit like that. Do you that. need yeah. your copier fixed? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Banshee is not is not Skinamax. It's, it's uh, set in the town of Banshee in Pennsylvania, Amish country. <laughs> <laughs> that could be, that could be mean, some Skinamax. Amish. It really could be. <laughs> I mean, it would be that's if you if you go Amish. I mean, that's definitely that's some, some niche, some niche Skinamax there. You know, there's there's a market out there for everything. I'm telling you, <laughs> so you should look up the word Skinamax and see and see if that's in Urban see, Dictionary or what it says. See how many viruses pop up on your computer? When you <laughs> and it's, he's on his phone. He's the, the phone has. There the, is. Um, there's Skinamax HD. <laughs> See? There you go. Skinamax HD. Bill's like, fucking Ted's lasso is going away. Boom. Skinamax HD is a Canadian English language specialty channel. Specialty, of course. pornographic films on in high def. <laughs> specialty. I like how they labeled it specialty, specialty before they said pornographic. Well, it's Canadian. Yeah, so, so they gotta be they got to be nice. It's all in a cabin. <laughs> It's all well, in the cabin. So they don't come to fix copiers like, hey, you need some wood for that furnace? <laughs> she goes, yeah. Hey. It needs to be warmed up. Check first. out <laughs> check out this here, their beaver trap I got. <laughs> oh, my God. This my wood is the biggest. <laughs> you, got, you got a hockey reference there, eh? I say, yeah. Put the That's biscuit the in the basket there. <laughs> A biscuit in the basket. I'll show you a hat trick. <laughs> Does that mean you're sporting a treer? <laughs> oh my god! You know what? what we've never released yet? What? Oh, that was Christmas. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did we, what? Where we started talking? In those oh. Words. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that was Christmas. Like, wait, when was that? Yeah, that was Bill Christmas. was there. But that was Christmas. Bill, sorry, our Canadian accents <laughs> got to be thinking. <laughs> Did we do Canadian accents at Christmas? No, you talk like a woman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. When are you coming back, bro? We miss you. I, uh, you know, this is kind of cool. I could be in Europe and I could still be on uh, on the show this way. I can't call long distance. <laughs> Kyle doesn't have that we plan. We do. We'll do WhatsApp. WhatsApp doesn't um, work with it. Well, would it work with Bluetooth? Here on this, would you still be able to do it? My phone's the thing that's Bluetooth. Yeah, oh, whatever okay. comes on my phone. Yeah, there we go. We could Facetime. See, it's possible. Well, Facetime would—I don't know how how that. I don't want to Facetime with his lasso. No, how would that even be beneficial? <laughs> I mean, you you should see his haircut though, because he looks fly. He's got a nice haircut. Oh, dude. Yeah. You do, don't you look? You look dope. I'm like pretty you're... happy. Happy with my haircut. You know, he he did the razor blade on me. Yeah. Up with the oh, nice blade. and clean. Kind of cool. It's it's a it's yeah. I tell you what, man, going to a true blue, the new the new style barbershop where they take their time, it's like a forty five minute cut. They mm -hmm. give you the hot shave cream and the razor blade on the back of your neck. There it's a it's a fantastic thing. It really is. It's like it, it's just an experience oh, to be had. Cool. It's really enjoyable. Yeah. I remember yeah. back do you remember in the day when when the hairstylist used to wash your hair for you? Mm-hmm. 
That was yep. that was the sure. fucking greatest. Yep. I used to look forward to that if I get my hair cut to have them wash my hair because it was always a woman. She had like nails and she'd wash my it was like, oh, it was the greatest oh, feeling in the awesome. world. Oh my God. It was yeah. like and not even yeah. in a sexual way. Kyle's <laughs> looking at me like, dude, you're gonna in say a- Ike's gonna have a fucking new sink put in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no new sinks. I'll Who put, wants to come wash my hair? I'll, I'll install a new sink. <laughs> Someplace, <laughs> but I'm just saying. But then all of a sudden, it just stopped. Like they just like those those sinks. Unless I I think unless you're no, like I in a true blue beauty salon. I was gonna say maybe you just started going to a more barber shop versus but the woman. The woman that used to cut my hair though, she stopped doing. She stopped washing my oh, hair. Interesting. Yeah, and and I think maybe if you're doing a, a cut and color or something like that yeah, for women, you have to wash way. it. Like a perm or something. Yeah, you, those there are situations where you have to wash the hair, but anymore, I, I don't think they're washing hair nearly as much as they used to. Mm. But goddamn, well, that's, that's incredible. I mean, that's kind of gross. That's because of COVID. I'm sorry. I, it was this was pre-COVID. This was pre-COVID. I'd say. I know. No, I know. I've, I've had my share. You think they stop it to be because of COVID? No, because no. I gotta cut the hair. No, no. What I'm what I'm saying is that um they like they the woman who used to cut my hair stopped washing my hair well before covid i'm thinking like oh, pre-COVID. like even like 2012 to 15 sometime mm-hmm. around in that that's time span is when i think it kind of ended because i remember it was just like um she stopped washing my hair and then uh a couple years later she moved and I had to go to somebody else and, I, and there's nobody else that i saw that even did it anymore mm-hmm. like where they wash your hair as a dude um, so I, I don't know. All I'm, all I'm saying is that that was a, that was a trend that I really appreciate, but you're right. Kyle's right in that it is like, there's a level of like, you better have clean fucking hair. Yeah. Like if you show up and you got gnarly hair and then someone's got to wash it. Like, I feel bad for that person that's got to wash some funky yeah. hair, but they got to right. cut your hair too. I know, but like you can cut it and maybe not get as gross, but if you're like digging in there with your fingernails, like you say, if someone's got like a dry scalp, yeah. or something, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> either way, it just seems like it's like maybe not the greatest hygienic thing to do, but if yeah. you're going to wash your hands, it was a great add on. Yeah. For those who regularly wash their hair, it was nice. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. So, all right. Yo man. Hey, thanks for coming on the yeah, show. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate your time. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for inviting me in. Yeah, right. yeah. We'll uh, we'll give you a little heads up next more, time. Uh, go watch. I'm gonna watch some more Apple TV here. Yeah, okay, you, you go pull the lasso. Say say hi to Ted right. and his lasso for us. All right. All, All right. right. Bye, Bye, later, bro. Yes. Yeah, how about yeah. how about that, fellas? How we about uh, that? we got how about all, that? How how <laughs> how about you know what? She is like super popular now. Is she? Yeah, she's got a name. Her name is Bad Baby. That's the name of like it's her rapper name, and she's like super, super fucking popular. She's got millions of followers. She's got a OnlyFans account, I guess. It's like she made like a million dollars on. It's crazy. I saw some interview with her. She's still all fucking crazy. Yeah, but it's like, uh, um, but that that all it took was her to be on Doctor Phil, Cash Me yeah, Outside. Man. That's all it took, and she went viral. You, you do you how hard do you think it is for people to go viral nowadays compared to when the internet was really just banging and i think it's harder yeah but you're all, that's that's why you're seeing stupider and stupider shit people are just trying to 
people are trying to go viral. Yeah. Like but before when people went viral, they went viral because they were legitimately themselves and then right. they're they're authentic. And they just got pers- exposure. Yeah. And their authentic persona was that of like somebody who was like unusual. Yeah. So like, like they're Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, like, I don't watch what's the shorts on Facebook? Reels? Sure. And like I've I scrolled through it once. Mm-hmm. It's like this is boring, but there's millions of people just posting 10 second things. And then with TikTok and yeah, every, all these platforms and you can post these little things that people are just trying to get their little bit of fame out. And it's like, it's the swipe left and right thing. It's just like swipe, 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 swipe. Like, God, you got to be really interesting for me to even not just pass you over without even hearing the first word coming to your mind. Right. Well, yeah, it's that, it's that short attention span culture we have. Yeah. And it's just not for me to, to even care about, but I mean, Everyone is, everyone has the ability to put shit out there, and so I think it's a lot harder to be quote viral. Well, yeah, because it's a, it's a lack of authenticity. Yeah, you know, I think the authenticness is what made those people go viral because it's really who they were. Yeah, it's and, like Theo Vaughn. Yeah, you know who Theo Vaughn is? No. He's a comedian. He's this guy that grew up like in like in the like the Appalachians, I think, or something like super poor towns, like a lot of drugs and shit where he grew up and he grew up in a really hard life and he's a comedian now and like he's a hundred percent authentic from what i can tell and like he talks about the crazy fucking shit that he did when he was a kid like there was a story he was telling about like when he was a teenager like they would they would all get fucking high and shit and he would like they would hang out in this trailer with this fucking dude and he said that um nobody really had any money like enough money to buy drugs so this one guy would buy acid and he would do the acid and then he would spit in the other people's mouth for four dollars so then they could get some of the acid from his spit and and the guy who was interviewing was like, no fucking way. He's like, no, dude, I'm dead serious, man. He's spit in our mouth, and we get a little bit of a high, and it was fucking awesome. It was only $4. Could you believe $4? The guy spent, you know, $50 on a hit of ass or something. I only paid 4 you know. Fuck yeah, I'm going to do that all day, every day. And it's just like, really? And it's like, that's really who he is. That's the way wow. he grew up. And so he's like this really raw, authentic personality that's like, he's not like mainstream accepted you know, because he's crude and, and sure. says some crazy shit, but he's authentic. And I think in a, in a strange way, that's what everybody's like <coughs> yearning for is authenticity. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's so hard to be, how do I want to say it? If you're in the world of social media and you want to have fame, let's just say, and you're watching these videos over and over you're, it's impossible to be just you. You're going to see something and you're going to try and take an idea and morph it and make it your own. You're gonna, you know what I mean? You're influenced by all these people who are trying to influence right. you. And so then you're like, you're forcing it when it's not, yeah, authentic, I guess is the word. And just because you want to. And well, and, that, and that's to, to that point of, of that's where you're, you're already in there. So you're gaining influence from that. And what I'm saying is that the people that are truly authentic, the people like follow are people who are not influenced by social media. Right. right. You know, they're not in that realm. Yeah. And so, and it's, and it's fewer and farther in between because everybody's in that realm now. Yeah. And you, and then I think it's just easy to tell like when you're trying, when you're trying that hard, it's, 
and you can tell that it's not real, mm-hmm. it's no one's gonna watch it. Someone's gonna watch it. I'm not gonna watch it. Let me rephrase that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I think I think a lot of people watch those reels and stuff because they're almost addicted to it. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, it's just easy to flip and. Yeah, flip, flip, I get flip, it. Flip, it's flip. convenient, and yeah. you get a variety of shit on it or whatever. But well, kudos yeah. to you because I mean, there's I've had moments where I'll I'll flip on those reels, and this it'll be 45 minutes later oh, just yeah. from me flipping through these stupid fucking things, and there's there's no value in it. There's no, no there's I, nothing I can learn, and it's like, but I will say like I don't know if it's my ADD or whatever it is, but I'll get I'll get locked into it, and and it'll be a it could be a problem for me if I wasn't a, aware. There's a couple of them. Like once you watch a few and you actually watch it. it obviously tracks it because then a few more of those pop up yeah like that i'll actually watch like there's ones that like are less supposed to be funny and more like educational like sure oh like this is how to do a hockey stop and then here's this way to do like so then suddenly i have a bunch of these ice skating things on how to do it because i'm trying to teach kids how to ice skate so i was looking this shit up yeah like that's interesting to me and stuff like that but then you get like the ones that are trying to be funny right it's like oh and then you get the ones that they're like staging something like, what's this? I don't know why these keep fucking popping up. I've watched two of them, and I, if I ever see it again, I will know not to do it. It's like what my boyfriend thinks when he walks in, and I'm making out with this oh. guy, but it's just a mannequin. Yeah. You can tell they're fake. Like, the guy knew what was going on anyways, and he still had to, like, act like it or vice versa. They're dumb. Those they're, are so stupid. Yeah, they're lowbrow. They're low intelligence. They're just like, but somebody finds that entertaining. Someone I, finds it entertaining, but you know, like... The guy's not actually surprised he's pretending, or the girl's not surprised she's pretending. Like, oh, my God. Fuck. And maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe maybe there's a level of that that, that people... It really doesn't matter. It's just, it's just like the premise is enough to have somebody watch it because there's a chance that something's going to happen that they don't expect. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, they know it's put on. They know it's, it's fake. But it's, it's like, look at WWF. Everybody knows it's fake. It's not all everybody. Acting. Well, not everybody, but <laughs> a lot of people know it's fake yeah. that still watch it. And it's like, it's the unpredictability of it that you don't know what's going to happen that keeps people hooked into it, you know? And that is the beauty of the of the WWF or the WWE, I should say. Yeah, now. but at least with the WWE, you can, even if you knew it was fake, you can treat it like it's a story. You can follow the league or you can follow a wrestler like it's their story and it is unpredictable yep where these things it's just like cookie cutter it's the same stupid shit over and over and over and it's like yep that's what i say i I think that's a appropriate if we could only make that the title (laughs) that's an appropriate yeah i i I think that's a yeah i i agree with that sentiment, but there's something there. Yeah, I know people are watching it. There's something there to it that don't know why it's a driver, and it, you know it'll pull people in. Someone is, but no one's listening to this hour and a half authentic conversation. There's nothing more authentic than this fucking conversation I mean, right now. You want to talk authenticity? Yeah, I mean, take a listen to the, the, one of the 64 episodes. The the doldrums of authenticity, I think, is would be. A, Apparently, these need to be fucking 20 seconds long. That would be interesting, right? If we just dropped a series of 20-second podcasts. We just need one-liners? Yeah. If, if we... 
if we did, maybe even not. Okay, so if it's in a podcast world, so a, a short, like a video short, yeah, is like is like what five minutes, right? Maybe I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. So it's not very long though. So if you if you take that down to a, a 10 second, 15 second level. So if you take a podcast that's normally 90 minutes, what if you just did a five minute podcast? You yeah, know, I suppose. Little little bite-sized podcasts. It would be very concise. It would stick to one subject so we could keep people's attention. I don't know if everyone can hear this, but there's clearly a fire somewhere. Yeah, there's some shit going on out there. A lot of lights, lots of There's a lot of sound, a lot of lights, a lot of vehicles moving, and it's fucking cold. It is so cold. It is currently negative three degrees outside. Yeah, it's fucking cold out. Um, so whoever's house is on fire or is in an accident, I'm going to send a little prayer for them because it's fucking sucks. Not that, you know, that's a good situation in the summer, but at least you're not going to die of frostbite or whatever yeah. dealing with that shit. Back to five-minute podcasts. Yeah, I mean, if we were super concise. I mean, if we had a specific subject. Yeah. And and we showed up, you know, we could do like a hot button subject. We could have a, like a list of shit, just like a, a full list, say 20 things. And it's like, all right, you got five minutes to talk about this thing. Yeah, that's valid. You know, that, that might be somewhat interesting. That's true. You know. Need a video camera. We should have a video camera for that. Would you, I mean. I have a camera. Yeah, yeah, you do have a camera. We could do five minutes on that on your camera. Yeah, it stops at 30. So Yeah, we could do that. Just could. do five-minute sections, segments. Could. Hey, that could be like a new... I almost was going to talk to you. So I've been watching... It's called Whiskey Tube. Okay, it's not called Whiskey Tube. On YouTube, yep. the whiskey community refers to themselves as Whiskey Tube. Okay. I'm like, oh, man, Ike and I could have a fucking YouTube channel. Oh, for sure. We talk about whiskey on here all the time now. Yeah. This is basically a whiskey podcast with side conversations. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, Ike and I could record some fucking whiskey videos. Yes, absolutely. That'd be fun. Bring your camera in next time. We'll do it. I'll have to. Well, we'll just, we'll, we'll have to set out a certain, like, we're just, what are we going to talk about? Like, I don't know. Fucking start watching whiskey too. They just review sick bottles and shit. Yeah, I know. But we want, we got to have our own version of whatever the fuck it is. Yep. Yeah. I already got a good name for us because we're young in this game. What is it? Learning bourbon. Learning bourbon. Hmm. Learning bourbon. Because we're learning about bourbon. And here's a song. We're learning about bourbon. I'm just kidding. Want to come learning about bourbon? You can't do movies like that anymore. There's so many movies you can't do anymore. Mm, no. Water Boy and then Tropic Thunder. Oh, Tropic Thunder for sure. Yeah, that's never going to happen. Have you ever again. seen it? It was a B rate movie, but it's one of my all time favorite movies. You ever seen the movie Pool Hall Junkies? Yeah, we talked about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. opening scene alone mm. would never pass here. No, you just, you never, you, you not, not in today's day and age. But no. he, so here's the thing, though. I bet somebody, somebody Tarantino esque or something, is going to come up with something along the lines of they're going to push that boundary and they're going to push on it and they're going to release something that's going to get a lot of heat, but then it's also going to get a lot of love. Yeah. Because people are, people like it when we push back on boundaries. Yeah. And when you do it in a certain way, like Pool Hall Junkies opening scene, that was done in a pure comedic way. And I don't think it was done. It obviously, it wasn't done maliciously. What they no, did. it's entertainment. It was entertaining. Yeah. Tropic Thunder, like, 
That one, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at like, um, like fucking, remember Porky's or Revenge of the Nerds? Do you remember I, any I've, of them? I've never seen the movies, but I know the of the movies. Yeah, so like there's this Revenge, I think it's Revenge of the Nerds. I want to say it's Revenge of the Nerds where there's this scene where there's um, like all the all the guys are in a shower on one side of the wall and the women are in a shower yeah. on the other side of the wall. It's like the scene, right? Yeah, and then they're like peering through the wall. Right, watching the girls. Yeah, and then one guy sticks his junk through the wall and then the big butch like PE teacher later comes yeah. over and then grabs his junk and yanks on it. And it's like... You're not going to get away with that, yeah. are you? I mean, it's funny. I don't know. Yeah. But it's like, what was the name of that movie with Tom Hanks' Bachelor Party? Was that it? I don't know. Bachelor Party, I think. Where, like, there's this, I think, uh, um, a stripper that, like, passes out, and there's all these weird things that happen. I mean, yeah, there's movies out there that are, and for a Tom Hanks movie, even. Yeah. Yeah, there's things you can't get away with nowadays. Yeah, well, now I'm going to go back, like, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. I think... I <laughs> All right, let's wrap this fucker let's, up. Hey, we were only an hour and 50 minus what we cut. That's not bad. Not bad at no, all, my friends. No, not bad. Hey, we're, we're making headway. We were, one, we were two, two and a half last time. Ding, ding. Yeah, we're, we're, making, we're getting better. We're getting better. We're going to be all the way down to five minutes pretty soon. Yeah, that's right. YouTube shorts. <laughs> YouTube right. shorts. That's Thanks for at. tuning in, everyone. Yeah, peace, y'all. Hope you enjoyed this authentic Real, genuine, a rate podcast. Catch me on YouTube. How about that? <laughs> right. So authentic. Much love. See you All guys right. later. Peace. Bye bye.